welcome to the True Logic, the podcast edition, the place where we talk about trends, news, and insights for businesses and individuals who want to succeed in digital marketing. Join our host, SEO expert and certified mama's boy, Burnson One, as he gives you insights on digital marketing fundamentals, tips and best practices, and easy conversations with industry experts about the latest trends and happenings in the digital world. Let's get started. Let's talk about ChatGPT again. <laughs> so, since ChatGPT came out in late November of 2022, I've been promoting it to my social circles, not my social channels, my social circles, so my actual friends, like a zealot. And I've shown it to everybody, and everybody I've shown it to has gone bonkers, and I can totally understand. And I can't even count the number of times where people have told me, wow. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs over this. And whenever I hear that, the, the first thought in my mind or, or, or my, my thinking always tends to drift to, now why would you say that? Right? Because it's just a natural language AI. So today we're going to talk about ChatGPT again. And this time, I did want to talk about it from the context of the job that, that I see in the mirror, right? Like I'm an SEO. Uh, and that's what I see when I look in the mirror. And I'm going to give you guys some practical applications, some practical tips of how I use it day to day. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. This is our nth episode on ChatGPT. And I don't think it's fair to continue to talk about it just from the academic perspective without talking about it from the to-do practical perspectives. So I did want to get something out of the way. This is not going to be a conversation of ChatGPT and Bing versus Google. This is not going to be one of those episodes. I already sort of have an opinion piece episode uh, about that. Today, I'm going to talk about how you can use ChatGPT to turbocharge your SEO capabilities, your SEO game, right? So... So let's talk briefly. There's a, I did want to discuss ChatGPT briefly, but you, you know, let's face it. I've got an entire episode about ChatGPT. So if you haven't seen it, feel free to scroll down through the content library and click on the doodly-doo to find the episode. It, I think it's about three, four episodes back. But I did want to talk about the benefits of ChatGPT for SEOs and digital marketers. Let's go back to that core question that people keep asking me, right? Is this going to kill a lot of jobs or wow, this is going to kill a lot of jobs? And the answer is, I really can't imagine my signature becoming ChatGPT managing partner, TrueLogic Inc. Like, I, I just don't see it. I don't see ChatGPT being able to do my job. Let's just limit it to the SEO capacity. I don't even see ChatGPT taking over my job as being a particularly good SEO. But I do see, you know, a Bernard powered by ChatGPT. That's what I see. And in this episode, what I'm going to go through is I'm going to go through how ChatGPT powers my SEO process from a personal perspective. And then, you know, if you are an SEO and you're listening to this, or if you've got an SEO team, they might want to adopt some of these. Now, take note, to be fair, I don't get boxed out of ChatGPT. Uh, for those of you that follow me on LinkedIn, you know that as soon as they allow the paid version, I subscribe to the paid version because the $20 a month is so worth it based off of the amount of time it saves me. So let's jump into it. What are some of the practical benefits, the practical uses of ChatGPT? Let's break 
SEO apart into, in, into its components, right? I've always said SEO can be broken down into technical, on-page, off-page, and local. If I really wanted to be more nuanced about it, you can break it down into technical, on-page, content, off-page, and local. So here's sort of where it comes in. Let's begin with strategy. And those five things that I talked about earlier do not even include strategy. ChatGPT has been excellent at helping provide the a competitor research for me, right? Like I like to, if, if I'm researching a brand, let's say I'm looking at Landmark, let's say I'm looking at, you name the brand, right? I might be looking at the Dusitania, I might be looking at the Makati Peninsula, like it could be any brand. And I can simply ask ChatGPT, who are the primary competitors of this brand? By the way, take note, that question is pretty loaded because those are the types of questions where it's an opinion. And so ChatGPT can get it wrong. So make sure that when you ask that question, you have some background knowledge so that you know it's confidently giving you a wrong answer. But to me, it helps, right? Because I would ask it for, let's say, seven competitors. Two, three, four are wrong, but all I really need are one, two, three competitors. So I'll ask it, give me the top 10 competitors, and all I really need are two, three competitors. So that's the first thing that I do. The next thing is, If those pages existed before 2021, because ChatGPT is only trained for data until 2021, if it existed before 2021, I will actually paste the URL onto ChatGPT and ask it, what keywords would this page be ideal to optimize for? And ChatGPT gives me an initial list of keywords. Now, take note, that's not your keyword research. You're still just doing competitive research. But you get an idea of keywords. Once it gives you this spaghetti of keywords, what you then ask it to is, can you group those keywords by context? Can you group those keywords by syntax? And now all, now what you've got is keywords in groups that you just have, that have to plug into Keyword Planner or SEMrush or whatever SEO tool you like to use in order to get the requisite search volumes. Okay. So that's how I do it. That's how, where I use it in, in my competitor research, right? Instead of trying to do Google searches, trying to look at the results one, two, three, four for different keyword variants, I just ask for ChatGPT's opinion. That's not the entire competitor research. Those are some of the steps I do in competitor research, but those are now automated steps, right? I am able to do in four minutes what would otherwise take me 20, 30, 40 minutes to do. Okay, let's talk about technical SEO. Technical SEO is about empowering search engines to scan and remember your web pages, right? So I'll repeat that. Technical SEO is about making sure that your website can be scanned and remembered by search engines. And this is where ChatGPT really comes in handy. Again, don't do this if you've got no technical know-how, but in my opinion, it's gotten this wrong significantly less than, than competitive research. But I don't have to use a robots.txt generator. Like for those of you that don't know, I don't really write the robots.txt files, <laughs> right? You know, you don't write that like it's not an essay. I literally just have a generator. There, there's a tool that I go to that generates that for me. I don't need to go to that tool anymore. I just tell ChatGPT to write me a standard robots.txt file or I'll tell it, Give me a robots.txt file for this domain. And it gives me the robots.txt file, like the things that need to go into the robots.txt file. Another thing that that I use ChatGPT for in terms of technical SEO is 
I, I ask it to write my microformat schema code, the HTML version of the schema, or, or, or I write it, I ask it to write my JSON-LD, right, for a schema. So if I'm using a location schema, a business schema, uh, and so on and so forth, I ask ChatGPT to write that for me. Ta-da! All I have to do is plug it into a schema tester and done, done. Right? Next. Based off of what the website is built off of, I asked ChatGPT what are some of the more popular caching tools for that kind of website, right? So if it's WordPress, if it's WordPress, I ask it what are the, some of the most popular caching tools I can use for that website. So I don't use it to write caching plugins, like that's such a bad idea. I use it to, to research what good caching plugins are a great match for the theme, of, for the theme that that website uses. I've also used it to debug websites, right? Like sometimes where, where we've got a website, where we've built a website, and then I don't understand why after tweaking some of the code on the site, I still get content layout shifts. I paste the code into chat GPT and ask it to, to help me debug it, right? The other is it can also render code for, let's say, adjusting to viewport sizes or image size rendering, right? So these are some of the technical capabilities that ChatGPT can, can help you out with. On on-page, this is where it becomes really powerful. Actually, I'll, I'll jump more into on-content, right? So ChatGPT is excellent when you're refreshing your meta-content, especially if, let's say, you've got a 500-page website, you've got 100 URLs that are of a specific format, like they might be product pipe brand, and then you realize that your others are just taken from the header content of your web pages. You actually can ask ChatGPT. You just grab the URLs and say, can you type me meta titles for these URLs following this format or always including a pipe space brand? And it just provides you all of the, all of the meta titles for the pages you don't have meta titles for. That's one. The other thing you can do is, let's say you are in Screaming Frog. And you, you saw that 20% of your pages have meta descriptions that are in excess of the 165, 170 character limit. What you can do is you can plug those into chat GPT and say, can you rewrite this with a, within 150 character limit? Right? Like, so that's one of the easiest ways to do it. So for your meta, if you're refreshing your meta, your meta content, your H1s, or sorry, your, your meta title, your meta description, if you're just refreshing those, and I recommend doing that, you know, maybe once a year, um, just so that your users don't get fatigued from you. Uh, you can use chat GPT to do your revisions, right? So that's one use of chat GPT. Another thing to do is you might discover that you're trying to satisfy the search motivation for bachelor's degree, bachelor's degree online. And then you realize that the page you made to satisfy that search motivation doesn't even use the word bachelor's degree online. And you want to be able to elegantly insert the keyword in the content. No problem. Copy your content, paste it into chat GPT, and ask it to insert that keyword where it is most appropriate. Right? So that's another use of chat GPT, the ability to insert keywords. Another way to use chat GPT is making sure that your keywords are also properly inserted in the H1, in the first hundred words of the content, um, and even asking it to generate your alt text for you, right? Like meaning, give me an alt text for an image and then describe the image and then give it the keyword. So that's another use for chat GPT. Now, there are other content techniques in SEO 
uh, that we utilize in, in content strategy. So take, for example, one of the metrics in that, that Google values is freshness, meaning it values pages that refresh its content for its users more than it values pages that become stale. So what we do is when we take a look at a client's content, we try to see are, are any of these pieces of content outdated and do they require refreshing? Do they require modernizing? Do they require small rewrites in order to make them more, you know, more present or, or more qualified to the needs of the, of the current day? So we do what's called a content refresh. We just rewrite the page a bit. ChatGPT can help you refresh the content at least till 2021, right? So that's one thing that it can do. And in content strategies, it becomes very useful when it, with it, when it comes to two strategies. There is one content strategy that's called skyscraping, meaning you build the best resource page you can for that topic. I'll give you guys, a, I'll give you guys an example. Let's pretend, you are a, let's pretend you're a BPO and you want to be relevant for the keyword, let's say accounting outsourcing as, as an example. Skyscraping means you provide your potential searchers an opportunity to do all of the research they need. So skyscraping only works when you're going after informationally motivated keywords. Uh, and so accounting outsourcing Philippines is not an informational keyword. That's a commercial keyword. Uh, but let's say cost of accounting outsourcing in the, in the Philippines Philippines as an accounting outsourcing location, like these are good informational keywords, those you can skyscrape against. And what you do is you help chat GPT with brainstorming the topic in order to create a very good resource article for it. Like take, for example, how many accounting graduates are there? The, how many accounting people does the Philippines graduate on an annual basis? Uh, where do they tend to get hired? What are their education? What is that education equivalent to, let's say, in the West, what does that make them capable of, not capable of? What is the cost to hire them? What is the benefit to hiring them directly? Uh, hiring an employee on record, hiring them from a BPO. So you can build a page. And just the topics that I discussed alone can easily fill up like two, 3,000 words, right? Once you've figured out that these are the pieces of information you want to satisfy, you help ChatGPT. You use ChatGPT to help you come up with an outline for each of those topics, right? And then it helps you all the way to your first draft. And that's an example of where you use ChatGPT to create what's called skyscraper content or keystone content. But, you know, skyscraper content or keystone content. The, the other way ChatGPT can help you is when you need to do content consolidation or a content refresh. What does content consolidation mean? Let's say you're a magazine. And you've got a page for, let's say, ube cakes, right? Ube cakes. I'm not sure. Puto ube. I don't know. <laughs> ube cakes. We already started. Ube cakes it is. And what you realize is you have four ube cake articles. One of them gets 200 visitors a month. One of them gets 50 visitors a month. One of them gets 12 visitors a month. And one gets like single digit visitors a month. So in short, you, you, you put them all together and that's not a lot of visitors. Uh, and let's pretend that UbiCake has, uh, has a search volume of 2,000. Let's pretend. Consolidation means instead of cannibalizing your traffic against the UbiCake content, uh, one to each page, 
you put all of that content together and consolidate them into one coherent article that then ranks higher because the content is better, it's more comprehensive. So you create one keystone page, you consolidate all of those four articles into one, you combine them into one, so that you've got a page that stands a better chance at ranking. And now all of a sudden, you, that single page that used to drive piecemeal pieces of content but don't amount to 300 visitors is probably driving 500, 600, 700 visitors to your website instead of just doing 200 here, 20 there, 12 here, and two there. Okay, so this is what content consolidation is. So keyword research, technical, on-page, now let's talk about where does it help you on off-page. Still, by and large, the safest kind of links you, you can build. Well, the safest kind of links you can build are least assets. So I'm talking Twitter, Google Business Profile, uh, your YouTube channel, your Facebook business page, and so on and so forth. Those are still the safest kind of links. But the most common links that SEOs build are what are called guest blogs. This is where an SEO looks for Web pages that are that that talk about topics that are relevant to your vertical. They pitch them content. They write content as a guest blogger for them. And normally that content carries a link back going to your website. Okay, don't confuse this activity with PR. This is not a PR activity. What your SEO is actually after is the link, right? So the the objective of the article is to create value-adding content for that website. It's not really, they're not really doing that to flatter your brand. Your, the brand flattery comes from, you know, you get a link back as a resource. But when you guest blog, it's, it's a particularly long process. Like a lot of people don't appreciate the fact that guest blogging is like, if you've got a really good guest blogger, it's taking them eight hours to get published. If you've got an average guest blogger, it's taking them 12 to 16 hours to get an article published. And where ChatGPT can help you is when it comes to looking for reference pages within that blog. So one of the things that I do that tend to get our, our guest blog content accepted a lot is one of the links that I have on my article references an old article that that blogger or that that website had published before, but I create an inner link to one of their other pages. They think that's extremely thoughtful. Great. The other thing that I do is when I'm looking for resources, I see a lot of guest blog articles that still utilize very awkward resources, like it's always Wikipedia or, you know, it's always WebMD. I don't get it. There are a lot of great resources out there. Um, and if, if you point out a good variety of resources to cite, you actually do look more organic. So when it comes to figuring out what resources I, I ought to point a link to, I use ChatGPT for that. The next one is when I content pitch. So we, I don't produce content and then ask 100 bloggers, will you take this? Will you take this? Will you take this? You know, it's not like some unwanted cat <laughs> or unwanted dog, right? When we get into the pitch, I actually write them something and then I tell them, oh, by the way, I've shared content on these outlets. I have been published in these places. And some of the ideas I had for your blog are topics one, two, three. I ask ChatGPT to help me come up with those topics, right? Now, once the, once the website, the webmaster, the blogger tells you, you know what, that content sounds good to me, I get ChatGPT to help me come up with the content outline. I brainstorm with it, 
to help me create the content. Uh, I use it to help me run the initial drafts. And then I make it proofread my content. I'll tell it, okay, so here's what I've got so far. What do you think, right? And ChatGPT, by the way, will be very defensive. It'll tell you, well, as a natural language AI, I don't really have an opinion, but here's, here's a try at rewriting it, right? And it gives me an edited version. And I just check, did it utilize the reference pages I want? Did it have better resources than I did? Right. And did it write more concise, more accessible content than I did? I, I actually will copy it, paste it on Word and check the readability scores for what it did. So that's how I use it for SEO. Right. So this is SEO powered by chat GPT. This is not SEO by chat GPT. This is just your SEO, still your Kung Fu powered by chat GPT. Think of yourself as a, as a Bushi or a Samurai. Right, where you were using a katana, now you're using a lightsaber. Both of those tools can hurt you, but both of those tools are useless if you're not trained to use them well. Right. So Chat GPT is just the lightsaber, but it's not the lightsaber that matters. It's the Jedi. So before I conclude this, just a couple of things that I do want to remind people on the limitations of Chat GPT, the don'ts list. Don't. Please don't make ChatGPT write your content. Don't be lazy. Don't make it write your content. ChatGPT can be very confident, but it's not very persuasive. It will never really understand your audience the way you will, right? So don't delegate the creation of content to ChatGPT. Use it to help you get through your content faster. And I would say faster is maybe half the time. But utilize it to help you get past the writer's block. Use it to help you come up with topics. Use it to help you eliminate shallow items. But that's it. Do not delegate the creation of content for your audience exclusively to ChatGPT. Next, don't. Don't make it do your keyword research. It cannot, right? Like, listen, if, if you didn't hear how I use it, go back to, I might, that might have been the first four or five minutes of this podcast. Go back to, to four minutes and listen how I use it for keyword research. I just use it to generate keyword ideas, but I still have to do the legwork in terms of the keyword research by identifying the country, by utilizing the right tool that gives me the search volume, and then by figuring out which landing, landing pages I want to match the, those keywords to. Don't. Don't make it write your blogs. <laughs> for heaven's sake. Give some respect to your users. <laughs> Please write content that is truly valuable to your users. Don't delegate the writing of your blogs to ChatGPT. Uh, and last, don't let it dictate your topics of choice. Like brainstorm with it. Let it help you get to topics that your audience will resonate with. But do not delegate topic selection to ChatGPT. So with that, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the True Logic DX podcast. I hope as a humble SEO, I gave you some practical, actionable tips on how it's used. Uh, if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, give us a shout out on social media. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Or, you know, I'll be more honest. I am on LinkedIn. My team is on Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> and check out our website for more digital marketing resources. Thank you to our friends at Podmachine for continuing to power us. And I will see you guys all on the next episode. Cheers, guys. 
Thanks for tuning in to the True Logic DX podcast, an audio production show for people who want to take their digital marketing game to the next level. True Logic DX is powered by Pod Machine. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow at True Logic on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Check out our website at www.truelogic.com.ph for more information on digital marketing. And make sure to catch our upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast network. Until next time, 